0: From Schwartz Media, I'm Elizabeth Koulas. This is 7am. Scott Morrison's tax cuts are based on an American theory of economics first trialled in the 1970s. But evidence gathered since then suggests trickle-down economics doesn't work. Mike Seckham on why the Coalition perseveres with its reforms. Let's move on to the government's tax cuts now, good result for millions
1: of Aussies. The $158 billion package was shored up after Labor backflipped and voted in favour of the plan. This is a win tonight, not for the government, not for the Liberal or National parties. This is a win for those hardworking Australians quietly going about their lives.
0: Mike, Morrison's tax package has passed through the parliament. Tell me what's in that package.
1: Well, the essence of it is that it flattens out the tax scales. So instead of having four marginal rates, there will now only be three, and they will be set at nineteen percent, thirty percent, and forty-five percent. And the most important change, once it's finally all in place, is that that middle rate, thirty percent, will cover everyone earning from forty-five thousand up to two hundred thousand.
0: Mike Seckham is national correspondent for the Saturday Paper.
1: And the number of people paying the top marginal rate will go down to just 6% of the population on their calculation. So 94% of taxpayers will pay no more than 30% of their earnings in income tax.
0: By the year what 2024 or something like that, when it, when it closes out?
1: By 2024 is when it closes out, yes, when the final tranche of the tax cuts comes in. Labor made a show of objecting to the third stage. But when push came to shove in the Senate, they voted with the government to get it through.
0: And Mike, where does the logic for this kind of tax reform begin? Where does it originate?
1: We can be pretty precise about that. It began in 1974 at the Two Continents restaurant of the Hotel Washington, where there was a conservative economist named Arthur Laffer, and he met with two what were then just rising stars, Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld. In 1974, we came to the Hotel Washington, to the Two Continents restaurant. That's where we sat down and talked about tax policy. At the time that it happened, the US was in recession, and so they were, they were looking for economic ideas. And Art drew uh, the Laffer curve. And on a serviette, Laffer sketched out something that became famous as the Laffer curve.
0: And what the heck is a Laffer curve? <laughs>
1: The fundamental premise of the Laffer curve is pretty simple, and that is that if you have a tax rate of zero, the government gets no money. But if you have a tax rate of 100%, the government gets no money either because no one bothers to work. So somewhere between zero and 100, they say, there is an optimal point where the government gets its maximised return and working people also get the maximised return for their labours. And so Laffer's suggestion was that if you actually cut the tax rates the government could stimulate economic activity and ultimately get higher revenue on the premise that the whole economy would work harder and faster and there would be a boom in uh, jobs and growth.
0: So, Mike, this theory does have other names, though, because the Laffer curve is kind of the economic wonk term in comparison to some of the others. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Some of the others are supply-side economics, which you hear around a little bit, or Reaganomics, which is uh, because it was Reagan who was president at the time. Even more well-known is trickle-down economics, and um, there was a famous phrase by George Bush Sr., who called it voodoo economics. (laughs)
0: Did the idea catch on? Well,
1: yes, it did, because among certain people of conservative bent, certain economists, politicians, and particularly, of course, business leaders and wealthy individuals, thought the idea of lowering taxes was a wonderful idea. So Laffer went on and became an economic advisor to President Reagan, who implemented his prescription and progressively cut taxes. He cut the marginal income tax rate from 70% all the way down to 28%. In Britain, Margaret Thatcher also became a devotee of this theory. She uh, spread the philosophy further that tax cuts spur growth. And it came to Australia in a small way, but we didn't have a right-wing government at the time, so it was much more muted. But nonetheless, ever since then, there has been a sort of global push, particularly in in the Anglosphere, to cut taxes on the basis that that will encourage economic investment and growth.
0: And in a nutshell, the idea basically is give the wealthy more and everybody will benefit. That'll flow down to all parts of the economy, to all people.
1: Yes, hence the trickle-down bit. Uh, I might add that the famous economist J.K. Galbraith had a great quote to the effect that conservatives were engaged in one of mankind's oldest exercises in moral philosophy, that is, the search for a superior moral justification for selfishness. And you might say that the Laffer curve provided just that justification. It allowed people to believe that if the wealthy got more, everyone would benefit.
0: And in a way, that is also the premise of the Morrison tax cuts package we've just witnessed.
1: Yes, as it was the premise of the business tax cuts that this government's put through, that that would also encourage economic activity. But yes, it's it's absolutely the premise on which their tax decisions are being made.
0: We'll be right back.
1: As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read POST, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with POST. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis,
0: Mike Sickham, you've described trickle-down economics as the underpinning of this Morrison tax package that passed late last week. The theory was developed by the American economist Arthur Laffer. Is he still influential?
1: He's still going around the world spruiking his economic vision and is still well-received in some circles. Back in 2015, which was the year Scott Morrison became treasurer... The Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry brought Laffer out to Australia to um, help with their campaign for lower business taxes. And they took him down to Canberra and he did the rounds there. He met with various key government figures, um, including the then assistant treasurer, Kelly O'Dwyer, and including also a group of liberal free marketeers called the Modest Members. And among those people, then Assistant Treasurer, now Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, had uh, a picture taken of himself grinning as he stood there with Laffer.
0: And so he's coming out to do speeches at all kinds of think tanks and other economic institutes.
1: He went to the Institute of Public Affairs, which of course is very influential in policy formulation for the conservative side of politics. And he also turned up at Jared Henderson's Sydney Institute, which is another of the right-wing think tanks. On his way through, he appeared on RN Breakfast with Fran Kelly. Well, we had the most phenomenal economy of all time. It was the best single recovery in US history, I mean, to be honest with you. Now, it's true, America was in recession and came out of recession. But as Kelly pointed out to him, that was a very rosy view of Reaganomics. I
0: mean, critics say the biggest impact of those Reagan tax cuts was to double the US budget deficit to $155 billion and triple government debt to more than $2 trillion.
1: So, in short, as their tax revenue fell, they uh, they had to resort to borrowing more money. Uh, you know, we, we did do that. We did a lot of spending, especially defence spending. But all taxes are bad, Fran, and some are worse than others. It's become the popular wisdom then that big government is bad. Reagan famously said that government wasn't the answer, it was the problem.
0: And the Laffer curve has become kind of policy orthodoxy since the 70s. Does it actually work?
1: In a word, no. Uh, one of the big flaws with it is that Instead of maximising revenue, as we've said, it reduces government revenue. And so we have to either fund it with debt or we have to make government smaller, or we can decrease the level of services that's offered to the populace. And it tends to be the case that government debt has gone up, even as some services have declined.
0: And what about the ability for these income tax cuts to stimulate growth? Can they kind of make up for lost ground there?
1: Well, that's one of the interesting questions here. Back in 2012, the US Congressional Research Service, which is a nonpartisan body which does research to advise lawmakers, set out to establish whether there had been any association between lowering tax rates and increasing economic growth, and it found no correlation whatsoever. They went back for 65 years and found that there was no clear relationship between reduction in tax and economic growth. In fact, economic growth had been stronger when taxes were higher. The other thing that that report found, which was probably even more damning for the whole supply-side theory, was that, and I'm quoting here, the top tax reductions appear to be associated with the increasing concentration of income at the top of the income distribution. So, in other words, the tax cuts not only didn't encourage growth, but they promoted inequality at the same time.
0: Mike, if we move on to Australia, what are we seeing here?
1: Well, in Australia, it has to be said, because we have not embraced this theory to quite the same degree, inequality has not grown to the same degree. Nonetheless, it's a huge issue and it's a rapidly growing one in Australia. And according to analysis from the Australian Council of Social Service, between the year 2000 and 2008, it grew more rapidly here than in all but two other developed countries. So we were a little late to the party, but at this point, inequality is growing extremely rapidly in Australia. In terms of wealth distribution, the top 20% of the population have about 70 times, seven zero times, more wealth than the bottom 20%. And the bottom 40% of households own just 5% of all wealth. So it's enormously skewed towards the top.
0: And I mean, obviously, there are massive impacts with deepening inequality on social cohesion. But how does inequality work for the economy, even if we just look at it as an economic argument?
1: In the long term it slows economic growth. And there have now been a wealth of other studies on this, on this basis showing that, in fact, societies where wealth and income are more equally distributed actually perform better in overall economic terms because everyone has skin in the game and so things go along rather better than they do when things are dramatically skewed to the rich.
0: And so that all being said, what are the likely outcomes of these Morrison tax cuts on, you know, the next decade or two of Australian economic growth?
1: Well, we can expect for a start that there will be much less revenue for government and greater inequality. Uh, The Grattan Institute did an analysis of this and found that at least $40 billion a year would need to be cut from government spending by 2030 as a result of these cuts, which bodes ill for all kinds of government services provided to people health, education, etc. The coalition counter argument is that it won't have to cut services because it will uh, encourage the growth of jobs. And as a result of that, there will have to be much less spending on welfare. So um, the other argument, part of the argument, is that because we're going into economic surplus, budget surplus, the government will have to pay less interest on its debt. But that seems to be a very heroic assumption, according to most economic analysts.
0: And so, you know, that being said, there seems to be quite a bit of wishful thinking going on in the way these numbers are being shifted around and projected forward. Why are these cuts being handed on?
1: There's a couple of possibilities, I suppose. One is that the government still really believes, despite all evidence to the contrary, that trickle-down economics will actually make us all better off. The other possibility is that it is governing for the rich and deliberately seeking to give them a bigger share of wealth at the expense of the rest of the population.
0: And it all came from a cocktail napkin? It,
1: it all came from a cocktail napkin and, uh, and the non-wealthy people in Australia are going to pay the consequences long into the future, I suggest. The Saturday paper. No hot takes.
0: Elsewhere in the news, Hong Kong's chief executive Carrie Lam announced yesterday that the controversial extradition bill introduced in mid-June was dead. The proposed law had led to mass protests, including the storming of legislative buildings earlier this month. There was concern that earlier suspensions of the bill were temporary, with protesters repeatedly calling for it to be fully withdrawn. Lamb told the press conference on Tuesday, quote, I reiterate, there is no such plan, the bill is dead. And she stated that there was no difference between this and a withdrawal. This is 7am. I'm Elizabeth Koolass. See you Thursday.